this is Lewis Johnson taking my love of sports into the world of esports with my co-host Kyle Airy, and we're breaking down what's happening in the esports industry. We're talking with great guests, influencers, and most importantly, we want to talk to you. So welcome to All In with Esports. All right, everybody. Hey, what's happening? Welcome back. It's another edition of All In with Esports. Looking forward to another great discussion, uh, just talking with people in the industry. We've got a special one today, somebody who's actually a part of our team. Kyle, how are you, man? What's up? Man, Lewis, I'm doing great. Happy to be here. What about you? Uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. A lot of great things happening here with us. And of course, we keep uh, knocking out these podcast uh, interviews, which is a lot of fun. I've, I've always loved talking to people and getting to know their story and seeing what they're about. And this is kind of another extension of that now around the world of esports, learning so much stuff. And, and Kyle, you know something that I've always loved that I've been a part of in two segments of my life in my career? What's up? Teamwork. Teamwork. Okay. I've always, I loved it when I was competing as an athlete in track and field. We were always serious about that at the University of Cincinnati. I mean, serious to the point of blows sometimes on a team, you know, or sometimes mm -hmm. tears. It was all that involved. And in television, the same thing, man. Teamwork is a big thing. And we have a great team of people here at Map Esports Network who have so much I guess you could say skill and, and expertise and people from different parts of the country. And uh, today we're going to visit with one of our teammates who is uh, doing a great job in a lot of areas and I think is on his way in this industry big time. I usually give a big introduction for people, but I think today I'm going to do it different. I'm going to let him introduce himself as we bring Austin Razor in. What's up, Austin? How are you? Hey, Lewis. I'm doing great. Thanks for the invite. Thanks for having me. I'm ready to go. I can't wait to talk about esports with you guys. Yeah, man. I, I know that I personally am going to learn a lot from you as I've learned a lot from Kyle and other people around the industry. So Austin, you are at, we would call maybe an intern position working uh, with us here in different departments. So give us a sense of what you're doing now before we step back and go back to the beginning. Okay. Yeah, of course. Jacob, our CEO, brought me on as an intern through Sergio and Leandro. I talked to both of them through LinkedIn. And when we were talking, they both Really liked my attitude of just wanting to get my foot in the door as much as possible. I really wanted to just step into the industry and see what I can do. I've been following this industry for years now. So just yeah, talking to them, I, when they were talking about Map Esports to me and the direction that they were wanting to take it, I really thought that this was going to be something unique. It was going to add something new into the world of esports that hadn't really quite been done before. So I told them, if you can, if you guys have room, accept me in and uh, I'll see if I can help make this even more than what it already can be and help us get there faster. So we'll see. I'm really yeah. excited. Yeah, that's really cool. And, and, you know, we have our weekly meetings right here on Zoom doing the discussions about everything. You're always chiming in with something. Kyle, how have you been interacting with Austin as he kind of helps out in a lot of different areas here on the team? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've got to know Austin a bit just with his past and definitely brings a lot to the table. And I think Austin, what you just said is, I think a lot can be taken from that. Not just, even if you're not only in esports, but if you're, there's some other industry you want to be involved in, just doing whatever you can, you know, volunteering, whatever. I think that's an awesome attitude to approach it. Yeah. I think a lot of, there's a lot that you can take from that for sure. Yeah, I agree. So Austin, let's step back. Uh, everybody, it seems like most people who are, I should, most people who are involved in gaming have had some sort of experience as a youngster around sports, which maybe segued into esports, and maybe it was some sort of a hand game or some kind of controllable game that they got them into esports. What's your background and what's your early connection into the world of esports that got you to where you are now? Yeah, so my 
background is actually really interesting because it, it kind of combines both. It was my mother and my father split before I was born. So I grew up with a stepmother and a stepfather. And my dad is very much into sports, into competition, athleticism. And then my stepdad was pretty much like the polar opposite where he was super into tech and video games and movies and really stepping into the tech world um, as it was growing to be something in the early 2000s. So I, I got both of those worlds. I was exposed to both of them growing up. So I did sports, played football, baseball, soccer, basketball. I mean, you name it, I was trying to be a part of it just because I love the environment. I love the competition so much. But then I also grew up playing video games and learning about competition through video games and constantly how to improve and just having fun with your friends and like having that mesh of both worlds kind of hit me like a spotlight would as I started going through late high school and college, I really started to figure out that esports is the best of those both worlds. It is competition. It's, but it's gaming. It's having fun with your friends. You're competing for something you want to win. There's drive. So just all of that culmination of growing up in both of those worlds helped me fall in mm-hmm. love with it. And hopefully I can keep being a part of it. Yeah. You said a lot in that answer there. And I want to just touch on the the importance of maybe how gaming maybe helped you get through a challenging part of life because you were able to be exposed to that. And I guess, as you mentioned with your step parents, they kind of gave you a, a, a bit of a balance in terms of the gaming or the technology side or the movie side. So how did gaming maybe help you early on as you were trying to maybe find your stability in life as, as you had some difficult challenges, I'm assuming, to go through? Yeah, I think gaming just kind of helped me as a way to escape. It was something that me and my stepfather did to help bond and cement our relationship early on Mm. in life. And that was something we did together. And then when I would go to schools, I'd have stuff to talk about with my classmates and my friends about what games I was playing, what movies I liked. Okay, what were they playing? And then I'd go over to my dad's house for the week or the weekend and it'd be all about sports with them. And I'd have friends that were over there that was just about sports. So both of those um, worlds kind of helped me take an escape from whether it was just the stress of the world, stress of school, um, relationships, whatever it was, it was a way for me to be myself, um, be with my friends, have a good time, but also still want to pursue something. Yeah, that that's really powerful. And you, and as you know, now being around Map Esports Network and talking to Kyle and Jacob and other people, that's a really important element because as we get into the community, as we build this, this, this esports platform, it's going to be really important to have people who can connect with, with folks who may be going through challenges and maybe esports is a way to help them get through, especially when we get to the at-risk and disadvantaged communities. So that's a very powerful statement. So now I'm wondering, as you fast forward, much farther down the line than myself, when we I went to college or when Kyle went to college, did you actually have options to go and study esports at the time when you were coming out of high school and it was part of the decision of where you went? So esports for me back when I was graduating high school hadn't really taken the spotlight yet. I was interested uh, in it and I, I watched the competitive leagues and I knew I wanted to be involved in gaming in some way. So when I when I went to college, my original plan was to be a game director and a game designer. I wanted to make video games. I wanted to create stuff for the world and have people play my games everywhere. And that, that was the dream. And as I was progressing through college and I kept following up with esports and the different leagues, I started getting more involved in the broadcast side as well. Just from doing theater in high school, it transpired into college. And when I was doing broadcast, I was taking 
newsroom classes. We were actually filling sets, filming things. I did a radio show. Um, so all of that kind of helped show that, okay, you know, maybe designing and script writing for video games isn't the avenue for me. I think it's going to be more of being on stage or behind the stage doing the post-production or the live broadcast themselves. And when I started watching esports more, I, I started focusing more on the color commentators and the casters more as less mm-hmm. than the games. And I think that's when two and two kind of just clicked for me. And I figured out this is what I want to do. Well, I got to say, you do not have the voice for this business. So I don't know what you're thinking about uh, wanting to be in the, the side of the microphone. I mean, I don't know. Where, I don't know where you got that idea from. <laughs> I'm just joking, man. Uh, you know, we had some people in my in my world years ago. It was a guy named Joel Myers, who was an NBA announcer for the San Antonio Spurs. He's probably retired. But he he had this voice similar to yours, except his was much deeper. It was unbelievable. And his nickname was Pipes. So uh, we might have to we might have to nickname you Pipes on the team, man, because you've got a great voice. And I'm sure that you'll be able to go places with that. Um, Kyle, think about young people now trying to transition into a career that's going to be meaningful, something that's passionate. They're passionate about that does involve technology. I mean, you made the transition. I mean, what do you think about guys like Austin and his age having a chance to maybe move toward a career in this field, which could be super exciting because this uh, this industry is just exploding around the world. Yeah, definitely. As we've discussed, and as Austin, as he's seen, you know, just in the last few years with esports, for example, just there's just been so many opportunities where where Austin, you're watching different commentators and different esports events and kind of had that aha moment where it's like, okay, I I have a background in theater and all that. Okay, this is where this is what I'm good at. This is where I could apply that and everything. And just kind of having that exposure to those kind of things where if I'm being myself, that wasn't around when I was growing up and, and when I was your age. So with esports, as we're kind of growing up with it, we're seeing all these different opportunities where we can all use our skills and kind of like what Austin's doing. And he's being smart enough and following up on that and, uh, and taking action, which, which I think is awesome. And I think a lot of people could take away from that. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is I would tell a lot of people that will, will come up to me and want to talk about the business, a television business. So I said, listen, whatever it is you're interested in, get around the field, get around the people, get around it and see and absorb it. You might get around it and say, you know what? This is not what I thought it was. And I need to go pursue something else. But, you know, don't be a senior in college uh, figuring out that you're in the wrong major. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think you can avoid that if you have some foresight and if you believe this is something you're interested in, and I believe, uh, Austin, that's why you're around, you know, MAP Esports, is because you're confirming that this is a passion of yours, that you can use your skills and talent. And, and I think the more you're around something, the more you believe it, the more that dream becomes real. So, um, Austin, take us inside uh, uh, the game you love or the games you love and, 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 and why you're great at them. And what do you play most of the time? What's your deal? My game of choice is... Definitely Rocket League. Uh, I call it game of choice. It's probably a drug after five years of playing it. (laughs) The year it came out, it was 2015. I'd never heard of the game. I had no idea that it was even being released. It had a predecessor that ran for like five years before that. Never played that game. Never heard of it. But I was watching a YouTube channel, um, Achievement Hunter. They were playing a game. It was called Rocket League. And I was like, oh, you know, this seems interesting. I'll check it out. It was like a 20 minute video. And I was always watching, I was watching them play and they just seemed like they were having the best time playing that game. And I, I realized it was on steam. It was 20 bucks. I was like, I, I have to get this game. I have to buy it. I have to play it. I have to become good at it. And 
yeah, it was the quickest 20 bucks I think I've ever spent. And I've put probably over a thousand hours into that game. It's, it helped me get through kind of a lot of things and also helps awaken a lot of my insights for esports and kind of figuring out what I wanted to be a part of. And when I volunteered for um, a collegiate Overwatch and Rocket League tournament at an esports stadium in Arlington, just being in that atmosphere, like you were talking about earlier, getting around the right people, you know, trying to figure out if that climate is the right climate for you. All of that, being in that environment with that game and those people just really sealed it in for me that, yeah, this is where I belong. I need to be here. I need to do whatever I can to make this happen. But Yeah, yeah. That's cool. And you also have done some announcing too. You mentioned that uh, you were telling me about something called Landfest, which is something you were involved with and, and you were doing some announcing. Tell us about that and what you were doing. Uh, so I volunteered through UTA. There was an ad in the communications building that I saw and I realized one of the contacts was actually someone that I had met before doing that collegiate tournament that UTA was a part of. So I called the number, I sent an email out. I said, Hey, you know, I don't know what positions y'all have available. I'd really like to do casting color commentary. Cause I really wanted to dip my feet in and see if I was even any good at that. And sure enough, she emailed me back probably a day later. And I was like, yes, thank you. We are looking for people who want to commentate because we don't have enough. So she showed me the sign up form. I filled it out. It was a week later. I went and met everybody. We had a big meeting where we talked about everyone's roles and it was all volunteer work. By the way, it was going to be an entire weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Landfest was basically just this really big charity stream that was set up at the esports stadium in Arlington. We probably had two, 300 different guests to walk through throughout the whole weekend. And what it was is you just bring your computer, you bring your setup, your laptop, and we had table after table set up in the main auditorium. You just lay it all out and it was tournaments all weekend long. You could bring your friends, you bring your computer, it was like a $5 entry fee. But everything, all the proceeds and everything was given to Extra Life for Kids, which was a charity organization, still is. And yeah, they put me in front of a desk. They gave me a microphone and they said, hey, we got a tournament for this game going in 10 minutes. Uh, I hope you know Call of Duty because you're about to cast it. And they put someone next to me and they said, all right, your cues in five minutes. Be ready. Yo, let me tell you something, Austin. That's exactly how I got a huge break uh, in the television business. Something like that. You know, all of a sudden you're going to do it. Um, and so you had how much time to prep to, to get to be ready to do this? By the time I got there and they sat me down, probably all of 20 minutes, but really only 10 <laughs> that I knew I was going to be casting. So did, you play, right. did you play Call of Duty at the time? Like, did you know what you were doing or just kind of waiting? Or? I, kind of both. I grew up playing Call of Duty, so I knew the game. I yeah. knew the elements, um, but it was a newer version of Call of Duty that I didn't quite know, like all the guns or maps or everything. So it was... For the first couple of rounds, I spent really just trying to figure out what was happening and how can I compensate this the best other than just describing what's happening on the screen. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'd say after 10 minutes of it, I got used to it and got adjusted. And then it started being a lot smoother after that. Cool. Uh, that That's the way you cut your teeth, baby. Is this all of a sudden you got a shot, you know, being being around and being there that all of a sudden something happens. I, I was... I was in uh, St. Petersburg, Russia, doing a, the Goodwill Games way back in the day. Ted Turner, who started CNN, uh, had this thing called the Goodwill Games to bring the Russian athletes and American athletes together. And uh, we were over there and I was a stage manager. 
And I missed a bus to go to a museum, the Hermitage. And I went over to the other boat. We were staying on these boats in the water. And I went to this production meeting and uh, they were talking about the races for that night. And they started to discuss this uh, men's 10K race walk. And nobody wanted to call it. I'm sorry to all my track fans out there if you're listening, because (laughs) the race walk is, it's just not exciting, you know? And I mean, I'm going to get killed for saying that. But so they turned around and one of the guys in the meeting who was, who was an announcer knew me and he said, you know, I know Lewis wants to be a TV announcer one day and this other guy wants to do something. And, and within 15 minutes, the guy made a call next thing you know, they said, tomorrow you guys are calling the race walk. So uh, that night at dinner, they gave me the sheet of the paper with all the names and it was a bunch of Russian names and, and some other names. And I was like, oh, I'm in trouble. I can't even say half these names, you know? So, but it was like you, I had, I had, I had like 24 hours to get myself ready. And the guy took us on the air and he took the headsets off and he gave it to me and he looked at me like, yeah, good luck with this. And fortunately (laughs) the race. Yeah, exactly. That's where I felt, you know, I was like, don't look at him. Look at the, look at this because he doesn't believe in you. But fortunately the race went pretty good. It was, it was a great last lap. And that last lap went back to CNN. They used to have this thing called the play of the day, which was like some big play around uh, in sports. And so I spent the whole night getting that piece of tape transferred from PAL to NTSC and then that little piece of tape brought it back and that led to something else and led to something else. So you never know how the opportunities are going to come, man. And that's that's the way you do it. You get in the seat and you do it. So today, do you feel like uh, if you had to call a tournament, you know, you could jump right in right now and do it either as, as a host or, or color commentary? Yeah, I think a large part of it depends on the game itself. If you threw me in front of a game that I knew nothing about, I'd be a little bit more nervous and I'd probably want to take the back yeah. seat and just host and be the, the analyst. And if I had a color commentator, yeah. I'd let them kind of take over. But no, after, after being in front of camera now and um, mm. having some casting experience under my belt, I'd say I'm a little bit, a lot more confident and yeah. Yeah. I've got my time. rhythm down. Yeah. Yeah. It takes time. So, um, uh, Kyle and Austin, let's talk about this. Let's let's discuss for a minute, you know, where we think esports is uh, regionally here because we're in the North Texas area. You mentioned UTA. You were talking about University of Texas Arlington, right? Yes. Uh, let's just discuss maybe what's happening here nationally and then the global scene as we continue to uh, see MAP Esports Network build and expand and, and really the industry. Kyle, kind of what's your take on where things are, are going right now? Well, I think it's pretty interesting because like just, just around here locally and some of the schools like your UTAs or your UNTs or which University of North Texas, University of Texas, Dallas, these these schools have some pretty thriving like esports teams like Austin, like a UTA, like I, I, when did you graduate from there? Uh, just this year, okay. back in May. Yeah, so I mean, they got a great esports organization. I'm just kind of curious, like from like freshman to when you just graduated, like what did that esports team look like? Did you kind of track their growth while you were there and just see them grow while you were there? Uh, they really kind of took off my sophomore year as I was changing majors um, to what I was doing as I graduated. And it just started out as a CSGO team that I believe that was the only team they had, the roster, <clears throat> excuse me. And then... As school went on and I got closer to senior year, they started adding more and more teams. They started adding Rocket League, Call of Duty, Overwatch. The League of Legends team came a little late. And I want to say they have a Dota 2 team as well, but it was slow. You know, this was over a course of a year and a half to two years that they were kind of putting these teams together. And um, what's sad is that even my senior year when I was graduating, the UTA news department wasn't doing anything to uh, try to cover 
the tournaments and the games that were happening at the time. They were trying to build some team together that would go because they had plenty of teams to cover the live sports like UTA is renowned for basketball and everything. Um, but they didn't really have anything set up for esports. I think kind of hit them by surprise and then they were just trying to play catch up. So I'm really excited to see here in the next like two years, especially post COVID, how things speed up and how esports on the university level, especially with um, smaller, less known schools like UTA, not to say that it's small, but as compared mm-hmm. to like A&M or something. Sure. I'm excited to see how far that takes off. Yeah, like I'm, I'm just kind of curious for the school, like a, a UTA or UNT, like how do you see like the esports team how, in a university like that, like how it'll benefit a school like that in the long run, you think? I think it gives it an opportunity to attract fans from further away because sports, no matter where you are, you tend to support the team that's more local to your area, unless you're supporting a team from an area that you grew up in or that mm-hmm. your family supports. But with esports, it's different. You can just be watching, see a couple players, see a couple interviews, like their personality, and then you just decide you want to follow that team. And because UTA is such a big commuter school, not a lot of people spend time on campus. So while the basketball team's great, they don't normally get a huge turnout. It's mostly family. Um, I think esports is a better opportunity to attract more fans virtually. And so you're gaining popularity that way. You're getting an online presence that then eventually can bring in more revenue for the school too. If you start you're running advertisements, if you're streaming on Twitch or YouTube or something. And do they have like a, a gaming lounge say, on campus somewhere where people can go and play or something like that? They do in the activity center where the, the gym is, but it's not really like a room. They just have a kind of couple couches spread out and you can rent like a PS4 or an Xbox or something to sit down and play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe you talk about the school being caught off guard and the newspaper not covering it much. I mean, isn't that typical of new things where some folks don't get it or they're not into it? And then all of a sudden they realize, oh my gosh, we're behind on this thing because it's exploding. So maybe that changes in, in the next year or two. And um, as we do our thing, you know, who knows, maybe there's a chance for you to go back and, and work with them to try to help get them up to speed on how to cover it, what to cover, uh, and how to engage the students with the sport that maybe some of the folks who are involved with media there, local radio, local newspaper, local TV on campus don't even know about. So mm-hmm. you never know. All right. So nationally, what are we seeing in terms of esports and how it's growing? You talked about the the incredible facility in Arlington. That is just an amazing place. Um, what other places do we know that are like that around the country that people are going to game and have these big gaming experiences, obviously pre-COVID and hopefully post-COVID? Uh, right now, I'd say esports, especially in America, is, it's just been LA-based, you know, California. We're starting to see now more and more states um, starting to build esports centers and kind of give it the... trying to think of the right word here give it the respect it deserves i guess i would say and you're seeing them pop up in arlington so dfw um miami i know is starting to have facilities that are dedicated to hosting esports but a lot of times it's just convention centers they're getting rented out and being equipped temporarily but esports the esports team in arlington is the only dedicated one other than the ones in la that i know of where it's equipped with the stage the bro- the broadcast room, all the production equipment's already there. You just rent out the space for the tournaments and they handle everything else. <clears throat> so I'd say on the national level, just like what you were saying, it's it's slow to start out with. I think the U.S. is really starting to pick up on the idea that esports is going to be the next big thing. 
And in the next five to 10 years, you're going to start seeing a lot more stadiums pop up, a lot more tournaments run across the country to the scale at which like LA is currently doing it, but it, it'll take some time. Yep. And I, I know just like some of these major leagues, like Overwatch League, Call of Duty League. I mean, you're seeing all these large cities that are investing in these large facilities. Um, I know just speaking of Texas, I know just a week ago, San Antonio announced they're going to announce or have construction on like by 2021, I believe, like a new, a brand new esports facility just here in the States. So yeah, it, it is, you're starting to see more and more of these event centers just specifically for esports pop up all over the country. So it's going to be kind of curious to see here in about five years, kind of, kind of what that's going to look like for sure. Yeah, that's cool. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to add real quick. I thought this was funny um, because I've seen now at a couple different Walmarts, they have dedicated yeah. esports lounges where they just at have Walmart. systems. Yeah. At Walmart. Of really? all things. Yeah. Wow. Esports arena. Okay. You see them like, you know, wait, uh, small esports arenas in Walmarts. Yeah. That's like the name of the company. It's no. So esports stadium. Oh, esports arena. Yeah, that's oh, okay, in Arlington. And then esports arena. That's, you know, specific Walmarts where they'll host smash tournaments and stuff like that, where, which I think is a really great idea. You're going to have tournaments. They're going to come in, they could buy games and Hey, some pop and toiletries at the same time, get their, get their oil change. Absolutely. You know, who knows? Yeah. When the game, when they, when the event's over, you can't walk out the front door. You have to go and pass by the, the electronic series. It's like at the airport. When you get off the plane or before you go on the plane, you got to walk to that long area with all the shops oh, yeah. and, you know, with the duty freeze and, Liquor and duty free. Exactly. exactly. They know what they're doing. Very smart. Yeah. I was in a Walmart uh, the other day and I was trying to find the handheld version of the, uh, what is it I've been trying to find? And I can't, nobody has it. Switch. Um, Switch light. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody has it. Uh, I I can't find it. Um, So I'm trying, but uh, you gotta gotta have it for your trip, you know? I know, I know, man. So um, I'm ex- I'm excited about the new aviation software that came out. I've already downloaded that and I've been playing it on my iPad. So um, uh, that's my thing. Yeah, flight simulator. Oh, that does look fun. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm having trouble landing that 747, but I'm going to get there at some point. So, yeah, so I overshot LAX like six times yesterday. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, uh, speaking of uh, maybe leaving LAX and going somewhere else around the world, what are we, what are we hearing about? Yeah, again, it sounds to me like the United States is behind where the rest of the world is with esports, but now trying to catch up. And so uh, I don't know if COVID has been like maybe almost a providing, sadly, a balancing act where, you know, you don't have as much activity in other parts of the world, South Korea, what have you. And now the U.S. may have a chance to catch up or is that not the case at all? Um, I think... Excuse me. I think it's actually COVID, if anything, has helped the U.S. catch up just a little bit because we haven't had live sports to cover. So ESPN and a lot of other streaming services have defaulted to running esports or just streaming esports tournaments that are currently in progress because they don't have any other content to put out. And they've always had esports as an option, but regular sports overwhelms them with the fan base and everything. So it's given esports some recognition now on TV time, you know, amongst avid sports watchers, kind of giving them maybe something new to become interested in. Um, and it's also helped streaming. There's, I think I was reading a stat a couple days ago where in the months of um, May through June, Twitch streaming, like new streamer rates went up by over 50%. Wow. Yeah. And there was just tons of new content being put out. A lot of more people were starting to try to be self-sufficient and, 
become their own streamers, their own content creators. So if anything, it's helping the U.S. kind of speed up to where the rest of the world is. But yeah, we've definitely been behind the eight ball in terms of Europe, Korea, China when it comes to esports. And it's been that way for probably the past 10 years or so. The last 10 years. So really a big gap then. A lot, a lot of time, a lot of space to make up. Well, then that makes it exciting for us here in the United States as we continue to work uh, uh, this new platform here and, and begin to get our feet in, involved with everything that's going on. Um, I'm wondering, Austin, uh, for your generation, as you look at how esports is, again, permeating people of your age, but really a cross section of, of ages from young to all the way up to my age. And I don't know, even older, I don't know what it's like. Do you think that people understand the value of not just gaming, but also the opportunities maybe to create games or to create a new, uh, their own avenue of entrepreneurship in the world of esports? I think people hesitate too much on that idea because it's so overwhelming with the sheer number of people that are already doing it. Everyone, especially if you're younger and you're going to start out and figure out what you want to do, a big part of it is just being too hesitant to start a YouTube channel or start Twitch streaming because you know the mentality is, well, why should I do it if there's already a couple thousand people doing it and they're not successful at it? Like you, when you go to Twitch and you can look per category per game, there's only really an average of ten to fifteen streamers that I'd say are renowned or well known in that you know specific game that have all the fan base that is currently watching them. So it's, it's really tough competition. I think the best advice I can give anybody who's no matter what age, if you're wanting to start down that path, just, just go for it. You can't, you can't hesitate. You can't be afraid because you never know what the next fan's going to want to see. Maybe you're different in some way that the normal guy they watch, they're not liking him anymore, but now you offer this characteristic or this trait that they really admire, or they just so happen to think you're really funny, your humor and their humor clicks. And then they start spreading the word for you. And that's kind of the great thing about streaming or running a YouTube channel. It's most of the viewership you get is based off of word of mouth. They're hearing you from somebody else, most likely their friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm wondering from your perspective as well, um, how do you think uh, esports, uh, MAP esports and esports future ride with all the, uh, the league, the power players league, the magazines, what have you, how do you think this company is positioning itself to be a part of the story uh, locally, nationally, and then globally as, as we continue to move forward with this industry. So I think MAP Esports is doing something that no other esports network or league has really tried super hard to make an emphasis of. And that's you know being a part of disadvantaged communities, getting involved anywhere and any way that we can. You know, the mentality of hey, anyone can game. So let's give every gamer the opportunity to represent themselves on stage or on stream or something. So I, when LA and Sergio were telling me that's the direction this company wanted to go, I really admired that because gaming is for everyone. And right. the difference between this and sports is that anyone can do it. You don't have to be a certain build or have certain skills or be a specific age to be successful at it. You know, an eight-year-old can beat a 22 year old at Fortnite if he puts enough time into it. So um, I think they're taking a really good approach here by kind of heading more into the, the local communities and building up from there. And then with power players league, trying to incorporate, you know, universities or local colleges or schools into the mix and inviting them into these tournament systems where they can represent themselves on stream too. That's also great for 
bolstering local support and getting some recognition in the world. Um, I think it's too early to say anything globally yet, but you know, if, if this takes off the way that I'm imagining that it will, and we're so successful in the national front, um, you know, we're so successful at the local front building to the national front. Eventually we're just going to be a global enterprise as well. I mean, you only go, you only keep building up. You don't build down. Right. Right. And Kyle, to that end, uh, I'm thinking about the work that you're doing on the sales side mm-hmm. to uh, incorporate uh, different uh entities around the city or the greater Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex may become the Boys and Girls Clubs and, and the importance of STEM and STEAM, the science, technology, engineering, and math, which is, uh, I guess, kind of goes on top of the exciting gaming opportunities, but to get people involved with that. And then, of course, STEAM, which involves art. Uh, just about how about your your efforts there to try and get the younger generations and some of these organizations to bring esports in with a greater goal beyond just playing the games? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just some of the conversations that, that I've had with folks that are teach STEM and everything. I mean, esports really does go kind of hand in hand with what they're trying to achieve and everything as far as whether it's programming or things along that. Esports does kind of go right along with that. And, you know, then you combine all the good things that come with esports like communication skills, uh, leadership skills, all that. Whenever I'm talking with somebody that is in that space in this in the STEM world, something like that. You mentioned esports. One, they already know what it is, and usually they 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 want to get involved with it. But as I'm learning, they just don't know how yet. And so, yeah, it's been really cool to help paint that picture or just show them how and, and work together on that. So that's just something that I know just in the last weeks and months has been really cool to kind of discover and come across. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we've been way too serious here. We've got all the serious stuff covered. I'm just wondering, Austin, so that headset you have on, is that the one you wear when you're gaming, uh, uh, when you're doing your thing? Uh, yes, it is. I okay. use this headset for pretty much everything. Everything. Right. So. Right. So, so how many hours a day do you think you have that headset on between talking on the phone or, or zoom calls or, or gaming? I mean, definitely less now, probably, two to three hours a day when we were in isolation and quarantine and I was fishing up school more like 12 to 13 hours a day. Wow. That hits it on 12 to 13 hours a day. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. Wow. Wow. And so on a typical evening, when you're ready to decompress from everything, what's your go-to and how long are you going to play before you say, okay, that's time to shut it down for the night? I do the best I can to try to get to bed by 11 o'clock. And I usually, after I finish up all the work stuff, it's, and it's around eight, then I make dinner. Um, so I really only have like two hours now, if that, to mm-hmm. game. But then sometimes you aren't even in the mood for it. You kind of just want to watch a movie or watch a TV show or something. So definitely mm-hmm. less time now than it was, but I still make time for it on the weekends if I can. Right, right. I, get, I can imagine it's got to be a lot of fun. Well, I think one of the things I loved about uh, uh, competing in sports as an athlete track and field was when I had the chance to go overseas and compete and meet people of other cultures. And you were in hotels with them, you ate with them, we competed together, we traveled. And I'm assuming that gaming can kind of be like that, where you can begin to meet people. I'm assuming that you mm-hmm. may play somebody from South Korea or China or whatever. Do you, do you ever make connections beyond just playing against somebody uh, in a particular game or, or is that kind of the wall? Uh, are you asking if I have personally or if I've noticed that happening? Yeah, in you personal. Yeah, yeah, you personally. Um, it's helped me meet people that I wouldn't have met 
obviously without gaming. I haven't met anyone internationally just because I play games at local server level. So unless right. someone from Korea just happens to be in the server and they're paying us like 300, I'm probably not going to get to interact with them too much. <laughs> but I have you know plenty of gamer friends on Steam that I play with who live in other states, a couple in California, a couple in Colorado. So it's helped me meet new people. It's helped me explore other passions, help me build new relationships, or maybe they've brought something that I never found before that is now interesting. It's a part of my life. So mm-hmm. I'd say that's the cool thing about esports and where it's all heading is the opportunity to really get to reach the world other than your area, you know, where you grew up or where you currently live. Yeah, I think that's exciting. And, and the last thing I want to ask you is I believe in the word dream. I think that's a, just a huge part of should be a huge part of all of our lives. You know, we have things that we could dream about. Sometimes it seems crazy, impossible, but I think you should dream big. So from where you were uh, coming up through your life and through college and now um, working with, with this team and, and the things that you're saying, what, what's what is what's the, I don't want to say the one big dream. I hate that question. What's the one thing I, I hear that all the time from people in my industry. I say, what's the one, well, life is not about the one thing. So what are kind of the, some of the big dreams you might have one, two or three or what have you? I think now the biggest dreams are just to have a full-time position being a game analyst for an esports league or um, a specific game, you know, whether it's League of Legends or Rocket League, Valorant, what have you, just being able to work full time in that world and really getting to critically think about the games and the players and bring competition and gaming together and, you know, bringing back that spotlight that encapsulated me back in late high school, college. That's, that's the dream if I have one. Um, and then, yeah, just getting to surround myself in the world and be a part of video games and hopefully contribute something back to the world through esports is what I'd like to do. It's what my goal is. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I, I believe you get there. Kyle, what do you think? I think he's on his way. Yep. Get there. Hey, he's, he's got the voice. So he's got that goal for him, right? <laughs> the drive as well. Yeah. Right. You know, guys, there's only, there's only one other thing I need to do right now. And I need to just tell you guys how much I love the race walk. I'm sitting here thinking about my statement earlier about the race walk. I'm going to, I'm going to kill. So I love the race walk. Actually, they're competitive. <laughs> Those guys are, they're awesome. And I know I'm going to see some of them, you know, we get going back to track and field again. So I'm going to clean up my statement and say, I love the race walk. I just think it's awesome. So that's my, we'll, that's we'll my cut out that first part earlier. You never <laughs> exactly. Well, you know how it is. Once you say it, it lives forever somewhere. So that's true. Anyway, man, look, Austin, great catching up with you. We look forward to seeing what you're going to be doing with us as part of the MAP Esports team. And I'm sure Kyle is excited to have you as well to help out with lots of different things. And so we're here to not only build a great business, but also to support our teammates. And so we're supporting you as we support Kyle, as people support me. That's what we're all about. Uh, And we're going to go out and support the community as we continue to build this business. So anyway, great conversation. Look forward to all the great stuff that's going to happen. And uh, thanks for joining us on All In With Esports. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. All right, Kyle, that's going to wrap it up, man. We'll uh, we'll come back again sometime soon with another great conversation. And, and again, we hope everybody's enjoyed uh, this discussion with Austin Razor. And um, make sure that you catch up with us with everything that's happening with the Power Players League, Esports Future Eye, the magazines, all kinds of exciting things happening. Hopefully some tournaments coming soon that you'll be able to see and more live or streaming content coming your way as well. So until the next time, Take care, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode of All In With Esports. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to All In With Esports. 
Please remember to subscribe to your favorite podcast channel, and we would love to hear from you about this or other shows on the Esports Future Eye Network.